What's up, what's up, what's up, what's happening? It's your lover boy. I'm your lover boy. Um, Carmine Davis, thank you for listening and tuning in to the Carmine Davis show. We are officially a month in. I consider last month a test run. I'm beyond floored. If you haven't already, um, subscribe, like, and rate this podcast. It's a little bit, I hate calling it a podcast. And I hate calling it like a radio show. It's the Carmine Davis show. We can do whatever we want. Um, I plan on doing live shows when the COVID lifts. But if you have any suggestions of who you'd like to see me chat with and what you'd like to chat about, you can always email us at the Carmine Davis show at gmail.com or you can email us directly at show at carmondavis.com. A lot happened this week, which I want to talk about in hot topics. We lost so many people this weekend. Betty Wright, cleanup woman herself, Andre Harrell. Andre Harrell. So many people this week. Andre Harrell, I don't know if if anybody knows the importance of Andre Harrell. For me to be able to do this is a um just a direct nod to Andre Harrell and what he's built and with Uptown and all of that. And I won't go into great details, even though I feel like I should, but I feel like you should already know this. No matter who you are. Um, you should Google Andre Harrell because I wouldn't have a platform to be here if it really wasn't for Andre Harrell. He really um, catapulted so many African-American um, entertainers and he did it in, in a, a startup way. Um, he created Uptown from nothing and um, got with Diddy and created Bad Boy Records. And his story is very interesting. I hope they they bring it to life some way. I don't know if I want Diddy a part of the story, but I'm sure he will be. Mother's Day was Sunday. Shout out to the mothers and the mothers. Um, I didn't even post my mom this year. I feel so bad. I was I was talking to her all day and the day before. No, I talked to her the day before and the day after. I feel like my my the best mother's gift for my mom is just to be able to chill and not <laughs> have me bombard her with stupid ass questions. Um, like I always do about life and stuff that I already know the answers to because she taught me when I was like a kid how to handle life. So, but shout out to all the mothers and the mothers um, who might not have children, but they play mother roles in the community. I have so many mother figures in my life. So many, so, 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 so many aside from my own mother. I have so many mother roles. And if you've ever played, paid any role of a mother to me shout out to you and I thank you thank you to all the mothers mama you know I love you um what I'm doing is I'm kind of trying to figure out what I want to eat from DoorDash it's like um I'm the most indecisive person there's nothing on here that looks good but everything looks good but anyway let's see what we're talking about today do y'all want to talk about that that woman masturbating at the Chinese Ikea I want to talk about that the woman who went viral for masturbating at the Chinese Ikea. Okay, so of course, as always, our hot topics, I think I have to shout out to my baby, lovebscott.com. I trust him, trust all his resources. I love him. Great, 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 great person. I lovebscott.com. This is coming from him. Um, viral video of woman masturbating at Chinese Ikea sparked security revamp. 
So <laughs> if you could see the video, there's a screenshot. You, she is literally in a doggy position in an Ikea chair uh, facing forward. And it looks like she is masturbating doggy style. So there, of course, is a link to this story in the description so you can read it yourself. But I'll give you the brief and I'll tell you what I think. A viral video of a woman masturbating at the Chinese Ikea store has prompted a security revamp. The X-rated clip shows the unidentified woman wearing nothing but a loose-fitted white shirt, pleasuring herself in a various parts of the do-it-yourself furniture superstore. Amid the two-minute video, customers and even young children can be can be seen obviously browsing in the background. Although it didn't confirm exactly which of its outlets the video was shot in, the Swedish giant issued a statement saying it was taking the matter very seriously. Well, shit. <laughs> we oppose and condemn this these actions and have reported the incident to the police. It said, IKEA is committed to providing home inspiration to the public. Well, that inspired me. It's not clear when exactly the footage was shot. However, none of the shoppers appear to be wearing face masks, suggesting it may have been before the coronavirus outbreak. Well, that's good to know. The video was erased from Chinese social media, which is strictly controlled by the government. However, it reportedly still available on various porn sites. If found and charged, the woman could face up to three years in prison for spreading obscene material. That's from lovebscott.com. Okay. So much to tackle. One, my love-hate for Ikea. Never a fan of Ikea. I don't believe in do-it-yourself furniture. I'm not that person. I have. I went to Target, actually. One, Ikea is so big. I'm on DoorDash right now having anxiety. So imagine me in an Ikea store. I'm so indecisive. I've been to Ikea maybe three times. And what the fuck is an Ikea? It's like, um, to me, it's, it's my worst nightmare to be in Ikea, first of all. It's like letters and numbers that mean all this stuff. And then you get all this, you, you're trying to get this cute little white desk and it's in a million pieces and you have to, hell no. Like I'm not a do-it-yourself person. I'm I'm not that guy. I'm not the type, if you, if a tire is flat or, I'm sorry, we are, I will call AAA. Let alone put my own desk together. I, I bought picture frames. I bought frames. What's an Ikea from my house? I've bought like candle and like I bought wreaths one time. But I've, I've, I go with someone who I know will aid me, quote unquote. Like my best friend, Amani or Sinclair. They're really awesome about do-it-yourself stuff. Not me. I went to Target the other day and I got this um, shelf. I don't, I don't know. I was just... I think I was drunk or something like that. It was a, I like to go to the Mexican restaurant, Los Rios in my neighborhood, eat, get fucked up and go to Target and buy up a bunch of shit. And this particular time I bought this three shelf desk. I woke up and I was like, who the fuck is putting this together? I forgot we're in the middle of, you know, a somewhat quarantine. Amani is not coming to help me put this shit together. Sin is on the other side of Atlanta. Nobody is going to help me put this shit together. So it's going to sit there. I'll probably buy a, a three-shelf desk from somebody and give this to somebody. I don't know. I don't, I don't do it yourself when it comes to stuff like that. If I can't just buy it and set it up, I don't want it. Two, or was that, is this three? I don't remember. I'm not drinking, but whatever. One, Ikea gives me anxiety. Two, I'm not a do-it-yourself person. 
Three, there is nothing sexy to me about being in there, let alone pulling my shit out or I could, on, on the lampshade. Like I couldn't, but this is old hat to me. I don't know if you've been on porn lately. Maybe it's just us kind of thing. But there are m- multiple videos of people jerking their shit at the Walmart or the local Target while open, while everybody's in the background jerking off and skeeting on the floor. I, I don't know how this is not something that has been talked about previously, but there are a lot of videos out there. Go to any porn site. I know that in China, it takes a lot because the government is pretty strict. So you got to have a lot of balls to do some shit like that. And they will find her. And she better hope they just give her three years. Because if you see this, it's, this woman is going to town on herself. So, but I've seen multiple videos, lots of videos. It's like a, it should be, a, it is kind of a, a category, right? In public. And public is a category on the porn sites. But never, I couldn't, uh, Is I guess it's the thrill the thrill that people have of doing in public. But I've seen a lot, a lot of videos of people playing with their shit in public, long story short. I've done certain things in certain places, but never in a store. I think as crazy as I've ever been. Oh, I have, okay, this, I have revealed a little too much, but why not? I don't give, I don't, I was with this particular person. This was my partner. This is who I was with. Not a very long time, but a very sweet amount of time. And we did it on a public transit. I won't admit that it was the Marta on the train. I will not say that. But And, and then we did it at, and we got out and did it at a, a, the bathroom of a piece of place. But it was empty carts it was the empty cart in front of us and an empty cart behind us it was it, it was not brief but there's no validation okay I'm, I'm just as freaky as this lady is and if there's a video going around of me lock me up but I don't we didn't film it or <laughs> I guess that doesn't matter my point I was I was going to come down on this woman morally but can I <laughs> um I, I've never done it I've never done it like in a public, public place like that, like where people were lurking and I knew people were there. I I think that that is crazy. But I mean, it's a slippery slope. I'm game for anything with my partner, somebody who I'm with. And we were engaged at the time. Like we were, that was supposed to be the one. So anything that that person would, you know, wants to do, even though it was my idea, I forgot. I was supposed to come down on her, right? I forgot my point. The point is, Stop pulling your shit out in public like Walmart or Target and do it on a Marta like everyone else. That's what I say about that. Have you ever done it in public or in a crazy place? What's the craziest place you've ever had? Even just by yourself, you know, not even just a sexual encounter with your partner or a stranger. I want to say that this is a no judgment zone, but I'm judging. But in a brother kind of way. You know, in a, I might try that later, but I would never tell you, you know, but if I get caught, come get me kind of way. I think the craziest place I've ever done it was the Marta. Allegedly. And then, then the bathroom, but that was, that was years ago. I had just moved to Atlanta. My my nose was so wide open for this, this particular person. And we did it all the time. (laughs) So I was, I was kind of, 
sprung out. Freaked out, maybe even. People are kind of freaked out these days. And this lady in this Chinese IKEA is, I don't want to say freaked out. I want to say sexually uninhibited to their own detriment. I believe in sexual liberation. I believe you should express yourself sexually, especially in a safe zone and it's consensual and there's no animals or children involved. Do it and you can't get in trouble. But that's that's risky. I guess it's just as risky as getting doing it on a Marta. And they do have they do have. No, I think this was pre camera Marta. Was there a pre-camera, pre-surveillance Marta lifestyle? Oh my God, was I, are we filmed somewhere? If you've seen that footage, send it to me. Now I'm paranoid. But she filmed this herself. Again, the, the link to lovebescott.com, this particular article is going to be in the description. And she's busting it open, playing with And then it looks like from the steel, I haven't watched the whole clip and I should for journalism, but I'm not a journalist. I'm a blogger, Okay. Not even a blogger. I'm an artist. I don't have to do no research for y'all. <laughs> I just got to tell y'all how I feel about the motherfucking news shit. Like, I don't got to tell y'all the facts. What? <laughs> That's sarcasm. These are, you read the article. These are the facts that were given to Love B. Scott. I trust Love B. Scott. Shout out to Love B. Scott again. That's a mess. I don't know how I feel now that I, <laughs> I have a Revealed my own sexual explorations. Where is the craziest place that you've ever touched yourself or been with someone, a stranger, a partner? What's the craziest place? I want to sound off. Instagram.com slash Carmine Davis Show and sound off in the comments. I want to make sure that we post something and then we'll open the comments. And I want y'all to tell me. If you don't feel comfortable with doing it in a public setting, email me. Carmine Davis show at gmail.com or show at carmondavis.com and I will <laughs> read it anonymously and kiki with you. If you want me to share it on the show next week, I will. But if you just want to keep it between me, I'll keep a secret. But yeah, that's crazy. Sex in crazy places, y'all. All right. Let's go on to the next one. <clears throat> this was been a it's no surprise to anybody that really like really, really knows me. This I'm gonna get comfortable. I want to know why y'all are not fucking with Lil' Kim anymore. The Queen Bee, the original, the real Queen Bee. There's three points that I want to make. I'm not, I want to make sure that we do not discuss or go into great detail. We can't discuss Lil' Kim without talking about the obvious shift in her appearance, which I don't think is as bad as people try to make it out to be. Not in comparison to a lot of people in Hollywood who have gotten away with it and it has not crushed their careers. That's one. I don't want to go into grave detail about her appearance. That's not fair. I want to talk about her music, her impact, and why we should give her her roses now. One, let's discuss the music. Little Kim Kimberly. Jones. Lil' Kim released her debut album, Hardcore, in 96. This was right before Foxy Brown dropped her Illin' On Our record, which in time, I have no idea. This has nothing to do with anything, but I have no idea which debut album means the most to me. Kim represented to me aspiration. My cancer, my sister sign. I understood Kim and her 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 brassiness even when I was a kid 
I wasn't in 1996. I wasn't really listening to music like that. But when I got older and I saw this powerful, I never, the word slut or whore or brassy or none of that came to my mind. I always looked at her and I emu, I looked at her like to, I wanted an older sister like that. I wanted to have that unapologetic attitude, that brassiness, that, uh. And I didn't see any difference between her and what she was doing than the other artist or the male artist that I had a, that I was listening to or listening on the radio. Actually, Lil Kim was the first real vulgar album that I listened to straight through without like wincing. I understood where Lil Kim was coming from. The hardcore album to me, from when I first heard it, I, I compared it to the R. Kelly album because that was the first album that I learned straight through the 12 Play album. That was the first album that I sung and I knew every word to 12 Play. But Lil' Kim was the first rap album. Hardcore was the first album that I went all the way through and learned every track, every word. It was a flawless album, <laughs> musically, production-wise, uh, subject matter. She created a storyline. It was a movie. Hardcore was a movie. It literally was a movie in, in the intro you can hear. It was a smut film, ideally. But this was a woman who was discussing her dealings in the street but this was I think was her at that time the difference between that and Il Nana I feel like Il Nana is more of a reflective album look him on hardcore was looking beyond her situation and reaching towards a goal to be that bitch that rich bitch the one that we always emulated the one that we always looked at in the streets I was I was like that. I wanted to be that. She started with nothing. She was poor. She was going in and out of houses. She was working at a department store. I actually started working at Dillard's because of Lil' Kim. She worked at, I think, Burdorf's, maybe. But we didn't have one of those where I was from in the moody Mississippi. We only had Dillard's and Belk and Macy's. So I chose Dillard's. You know, after listening to um, her story, I watched it on Driven and just knowing that this was um, even musically the samples that they used and how they made it was street music, but it was still fashion. The way she dressed, the, <laughs> she was bigger than the music, but the music was amazing. That shit still goes. You play Ladies Night right now. It's Ladies Night. What? It must be Angie in the mic. The butter. You. It's a hit. She could still play these songs and those beats drop and it's over. <laughs> Got buffoons eating my pussy while I watch cartoons. That was my goal as an adult. <laughs> Maybe 2000. While you struggle and stride, we pick which bins to drive. I'm rich. I'm a stay that bitch. I don't care who you are, where your life is. If you heard this song, your whole attitude changed. It gave me confidence. It gave me, before I even knew what it was, the audacity of her just to be able to say that as a marginalized woman. She was like, fuck that. That first album, Hardcore, and then you take it to the Notorious K.I.M. The album came out well after, but she fed off this album for like four years. That's how impactful that album was. She made a career off her debut album for four years. And of course, you know, the death of Big and all that, you know, affected her recording and what she was going to do for the next record because he wasn't there. He was the, the large influence on that album. Some people say he wrote. Of course, he 
aided her. I'm sure he wrote, but listen to that. <laughs> listen to how she spits. She's grabbing her pussy while she's fucking spitting. That 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 flow, you can't imitate that. You can't fake that. The audacity. And Lil' Kim was like 16, 15 years old when this album came out. She was underage, maybe 17. So this is a... One, she's a representation of the ghetto girl who had dreams. She was out on these streets and she needed to hustle and she came up. She was underage, but she was spitting like somebody, like a fucking grown ass woman, a 27, 30 year old woman who was in her sexual peak. Nobody was doing that. But everybody was doing that, if that makes any sense. She was the voice and she was talking about what was going on on these streets. Then you push it to the notorious K.I.M., are you fucking kidding me? That album in 2001, people are still releasing records just like this right now, trying to catch up and emulate that sound. The sound, it was Afrofuturistic before we knew what Afrofuturism was. Her taking it to the next level production-wise and lyrically, she was a fashion icon. Look at that album cover. She was the inspiration to every, Alexander McQueen, Mark Jacobs, everybody. This little black girl from the slums became a phenomenon, an icon in four years. She was a reference. She was a sexual reference, like a Pamela Anderson or um, the rapping Pamela Anderson, (laughs) a Madonna. To me, I think she's the black Madonna. How many licks dropped? That beat by itself is whipping. I could listen to that that beat doing anything. Then she went and got Cisco and took us. This is this was no matter. And I don't want to talk about Nicki Minaj either. Congrats, you know. But I don't want to talk about her. I don't want to. I feel like a lot of that's another reason why people are so turned off by Kim because you can't mention Kim without Nicki without mentioning Nikki, but you can mention Nikki without mentioning Kim. And I don't understand how, how many licks was Anaconda before it was even thought of. Listen to this song. It's a story. A braggadocious, larger than life sex story. Maybe 10, 12 years, maybe 15. When did Anaconda come out? Almost 20 years later, people are still emulating that style. Then you got Aunt Dot. Then you got the Notorious K.I.M. that track alone, custom may give it to you. She don't love you no matter what they say. That got me through junior high. No matter what people say, she was it was an anthem. Then she dropped La Bella Mafia. And one thing I love about Lil' Kim was that she is a perfectionist. She goes three or four years in between records, which is people don't do that anymore in the hip hop career or and hip-hop music, or music, period. She really got with the right people and created great sounds and reinvented herself every time. La Bella Mafia, where that Victoria Gotti references and the Mafia references. This is... Look, Kim was really spitting what she was dealing with. She was that bitch, but she was in some real hood shit. She knows shit. La Bella Mafia was everything. The jump off. Girl, everything. I could listen to that beat and she spit on it. Shake up the dice. Throw down your ice. 
play it all, bet it all, nigga, fuck the price. Money ain't a thing, throw it out like rice. Move around the world, cop the same thing twice. Uh, every fucking thing. Everything. Hold it now. I like to play with my coochie when I'm up in the tub. If you a sensitive thug, take this bottle of bub. Every fucking thing. Her imagery, every time the audacity for her to change her look, her image, it was shifting. She reinvented herself with the music. Thug love with Twister. You can't fuck with us. Do it like a hustler. Gotta keep a gangster. Can't nobody lie with that. And then Magic Stick, which proved that she could do that nasty, hardcore shit every single time. Then, fast forward to the naked truth. Another elevation, another re-innovation of this little black girl from Brooklyn, Bed-Stuy, who had nothing. Now she has everything, but she was about to face time. She was about to lose it all for keeping it gangster, keeping it real, never snitching, never telling. And she released her magnum opus, which I, I, I... I really don't know what was her best album, but I feel like The Naked Truth, it was so, such a classic. It wasn't about, I think that took her from being on the best female rapper list to one of the best rappers alive. The Naked Truth had uh, Shut Up Bitch, Lighters Up, you know, um, Whoa, 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 Whoa. And at that time, even fashion-wise, her image it changed again. With the time, she was a chameleon. It puts me in the mind of Lil' like Lil' Kim reminds me so much of the Kim Kardashians. Beyonce's they they reinvent themselves every record. They look different. They change up. Some of them physically change up. The same thing with Kim. She went to jail. She went to prison. For not, for keeping a gangster, <laughs> for lack of of better phrasing. And we really, I don't think her, her career ever really recovered after that year. The Naked Truth dropped in 2005 and then she released nine in 2019, last year. <sighs> this is when we might have to fight. It could be the fact that I'm such a huge fan of Lil' Kim, and that's fine. But I didn't think nine was worth the shade that y'all were throwing. I bought it. I supported it. I liked it. Was it necessary for me? No. But was I happy? Yes. I felt like it was a gift for me and real Lil' Kim fans out there. No matter what anybody says about what they thought about the record. I thought she was current. She was doing what she always did, reinventing herself and made me her, put her whole own stamp on what was going on currently, which as an artist to me means so much because it's really not about how many people are in the seats. It's about putting on a show for those people who chose to sit down. Now let's talk about her impact. It's obvious. <laughs> there, every rap, that came after her whether they admit it or not fuck what you talking about is to me that isn't every almost every artist that came after her has some kind of influence has if you've seen Lil' Kim 
that little girl and all that energy and that confidence is contagious. But her impact, I think if anybody denies any any little girl who is rapping right now and you say that you were not influenced directly by Kim, you're a fucking fraud. You're a liar. (laughs) You're lying. You're lying. If you picked up a Versace and you weren't, you didn't even know who that was. You didn't know what that was until you heard Kim talk about it. Moschino, she didn't get that shit boosted for you to come around and act like you didn't even know who she was. Let's talk about her fashion impact. This obvious, her musical impact is unparalleled. I feel like arguably Lil' Kim is one of them, should be, and is one of the most impactful musical artists from the 90s and early 2000s, period. Music will ever, she put a stamp on it, it will never be the same. Let's talk about her fashion. Lil' Kim is one of my fashion idols. As a male, Lil' Kim is one of my fashion idols. Her balls, to wear whatever and rock it. That bitch could put a fucking fishbowl on top of her fucking face. A Chanel fishbowl across her fucking face. It's gonna slay. Because she's got style. This is what she dreamed about. When she was a little girl in Brooklyn. Nothing probably having to... Couldn't afford the magazines that she could see. Because I know, because I was that boy in Mississippi. Looking at magazine covers of people who don't look like you and imagining your take on those looks. Growing up looking at Vogue magazine or Men's Health or um, Rolling Stone. um, Looking at these and being like, I want to be on those covers one day. And this is how I would do it. And having the balls to do it and do it and keeping it risky, keeping it sexy, keeping and pushing and pushing that hip hop agenda, that representation in fashion. It wasn't done before. Before Beyonce and um, Rihanna and JLo, there was Kim. Before, I'm not mentioning her, before there was a stallion, before there was a cat, a doja cat. Kim was rocking Chanel suspenders in that Missy Elliott video. We did not, I'm sorry, we didn't know. We had, those were far. We were rocking Tommy. We were rocking FUBU. Jordans. She upped the fashion game and made it accessible. She made it okay for you to be a fly bitch. Why isn't she, where's her fashion icon award? (laughs) These are facts. She looked at women like the the fashion girls in Vogue and took their clothes and made it her own and brought it to the hood. Where is her roses? Where are her roses? Because of Kim, women are working their ass off to get Chanel on their Chanel watches, Birkin bags in the hood. Where the, where the, hey. It might have fell off a truck. The stitching might be out of place. But because of that representation, once you get that stimulus check, you about to buy Balenciagas, your first pair. Ding dong, me. <laughs> I bought my first fashion and my, my designer and all of that because of Kim. Because of Kim. 
And now you want to tell me because she shifted her image and she's gotten some stuff done that you might not care for and made herself look different. That was the whole idea of Kim was the audacity. That was the whole idea of Kim was the audacity for this little girl to come from nothing to be whoever and whatever she wanted to be. That's fashion. No matter what people thought about it. We can discuss whys, the hows, and the results of all of it. But that was her prerogative. And that's fashion. She completely shifted who she was because she wanted to. Bitch, that's hip-hop. That's fashion. Why is there no talk about her in the fashion awards? They gave Beyonce, they gave J-Lo her award. They're women. We love them. Beyonce was quoting Lil' Kim when she was growing up. That's who taught her how to rock Chanel. She taught us how to rock Chanel. Y'all had all the representation in the world. We had Lil' Kim. And yeah, I see the corny memes and Akikiki. Some of them are funny. But let's not lose sight. Attacking Lil' Kim is an attack on our culture. When people make fun of the things that she she has the right to feel that way. And we should respect her. She's the, the hood Madonna. Contribution to fashion is not important. Baby fat was created in Kim's image. Do you know what I'm saying? There were fashion houses who ate and, and studied her. And now it's time to give her that back and we don't have nothing. Let's give Kim Kardashian the fashion award. Are you fucking kidding me? We might not like what she's done. I don't like a lot of what a lot of people out there have done. And I'm sure she doesn't either. Facts are facts. Politics are politics. Facts are facts. Now, saying all of this, that whole her and that other girl's feud really turned a lot of people off. And if I wasn't such a fan of hers, I could almost understand it, how it could be easy. But I'm not a sheep. Facts are facts. And Kim, how can we take from her what she built? Because you didn't like how she expressed how she felt. You didn't like the fact that she took control and changed the things that she didn't like about herself despite about despite how we felt about them we can go on and on about the hows and the whys but in reality that's her prerogative there are so many people who have shape-shifted in front of our eyes and they get an award because it's glamorous when they do it And there are so many people who can view their opinion and say and go on and smash every artist in their category and annihilate them and embarrass them and and go above and beyond and make it their mission to crush them. And it's okay because... But the fact that she actually earned her spot without she kept it hood the same thing that we loved about Lil' Kim end up being the things that people 
were turned off about. And that's confusing to me. Give Kim her roses right now. There's some girl right now in the hood who hates her nose. Yeah, we we feel how we feel about it. You should love your nose. But she she didn't. She doesn't. Because of little Kim, she taught her, if you don't like something, change it. Bitches in Beverly Hills have been they get their first nose job at the age of twelve. They shift and shame change their bodies all the time. You know, and it's acceptable. You might not like it, but nobody makes it a big deal. It's like we can't even talk about I think of it the same thing about weave and wigs. It's okay for some people to wear, but it's ghetto when there's other people that wear it. Her fashion impact are unparalleled. There still has not, regardless of how you feel about her contemporaries or the people who emulate her or people who've came and picked it up. They've done nothing that she's she hasn't done a million times way before they were even thought of. Kim made me. <laughs> she's my mother. When I had no one to talk to or had no one I felt understood, I turned on Kim. And she let me know it was going to be okay. Do what you want. Live the life that you want to live it. Fuck everybody else. Be unabashed about what you want. Wear what you want and make it fly. I was going to say she hasn't killed anybody, but we don't know that for sure. But what has she done other than represent it? It's not about what you think she should be. There are billions of Kims in this world who reached for a higher life, not because of people who came after her, but because they saw her on BET. I want to go to law school so I can afford Versace shades like Lil' Kim. Givenchy boots and slides and have Chanel imprints in my wig. She got people out the hood. That's all. I just think that that should be something that should be considered. And I feel like we we need to bring Kim, give her all her roses. All of them. Because this weekend so many people have passed that you didn't give their roses to that's all let me know what y'all think instagram.com slash carmine davis show or you can inbox me carmine davis while you do it make sure you subscribe follow like and rate this podcast let me know what you think let's go on to the next segment let's go on to the next segment is there life after betrayal and love and relationships? We always talk about love and relationship. That's the last thing I like to leave everybody with because I'm your lover boy. I love love. I'm such a romantic. I'm always in love. <laughs> I love love. It's a mystery to me. 
can you move on after a betrayal? I'm talking about, can you move on after your man takes money out your account? Can you move on after he fucks your best friend? And of course, the quick answer is no. It's a dead no, right? But is there a lot of gray area in that? I talk to my, my my best friends about it all the time. And it's like, what do you learn to forgive? And what do you, you look away from? Because a lot of times we all are in love with people who don't know how to love us. And we don't know how to love them. Because, yeah, love is patient, love is kind and all those things. But there's a lot of gray area. We learn to love the way we loved. And if you never knew how to love, how do you learn? You keep just losing people? Or do you stay down and teach that person how to stay and fight and work it out on what doesn't work? I guess it just goes... Let me use more of a realistic, a realistic approach. I was in this particular relationship with this person who kind of it was a work situation we worked together and that person kind of violated some trust that kind of caused kind of dampened my reputation in a certain work group to me as a capricorn that i you might as well have spit in my food but to that particular person that meant nothing because it was just a job it was just a gig. It was, they didn't see how that to me was the ultimate betrayal. But because it was the ultimate betrayal to me, I turned around and I ignored this person. I had nothing to do with this person anymore. I cut that person off. That's the ultimate betrayal to that person to someone loving them and ignoring them and turn them away when they make a mistake. So two wrongs make a right. What do you do in those situations? Do you stay and fight? Do you have communication? What if that person's not a communicator? How do you move on? But you know that y'all, the love is there. Do you move on? And yeah, this this conversation out outright is a black and white conversation, but there's so much gray. Think about your own relationship the ultimate betrayals what are the what are the ultimate betrayals all of us have if you talk to 10 different people they all have 10 different responses i have a friend who does not believe in monogamy cheating is not a deal breaker to me i'm a realist i know if you cheat on me you're not even gonna want to be with me I hold the Golden Grudge Award. I'll never trust you again. I might not break up with you. But you'll probably try to kill me. Some people cannot stand being ignored. I have a particular friend, his girlfriend, if she messages, if she, if he writes her back and she doesn't write back in 10 minutes, they're breaking up all the time. That's his deal breaker. You can do whatever you want. Spit, shit, piss on me, but do not ignore me. And to some people that seems crazy, but is it? If that's just your deal breaker, 
how do you move on? Do you move on? Do you have to learn to forgive? Well, if you give a bitch an inch, do they take the ruler from you? Will they know? Like, how do you explain that to somebody? This is your deal breaker. And on Mad Day, they don't keep using it against you to even it. You accidentally ignore that per person. Next thing you know, they're tweeting about you. Betrayal for betrayal. I guess you have to learn to be, you know, emotionally mature. But how many of us are that emotionally mature? <laughs> and maybe if you can't be, that's where a lot of people are not ready for love, I guess. I don't know. Just a thought. Let me know what y'all think. Instagram.com slash Carmine Davis show. Email me. Email me, Carmine Davis show at gmail.com or show at Carmine Davis.com. Let me know what y'all think. This was a cool, easy, fun show. I appreciate y'all. Thank you guys so much for listening to me. My weekly, our weekly date. I'll see y'all next Thursday. Make sure you subscribe, follow, and rate this podcast. Share it. I love seeing people. I love seeing people share it. I don't always get to share it, but I read the reviews. I copy and save it. I print them. I make them my background on my phone, those sweet messages. Especially my, my, my group friends. They've really been, they've really shown up. These are, I don't have any tough, tough, easy friends. I don't have any tough, easy friends, y'all. Forgiving me for my absence and my perfectionism. And I appreciate y'all's honest criti- criticism of the show. But I love y'all. My DoorDash is approaching. Love y'all. See you next week.